We're going to open the Bible, and our teaching text for today is from the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 through 31, and it's found on page 1011 in our Shed Bibles, if you'd like to follow along. Again, Acts 8, 26 to 31. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, Marcel. What a morning it is. And yet, as Pastor Ashley has said, with God all things are good. And so we're grateful for God's goodness. Um, we just had a lot going on in just a little bit of time. Can we just acknowledge that? Um, looks like Brother Chuck is going to be okay. Thank God for that. And so it could be quite simple for us to probably just pack it up and go home. <laughs> but we need, we need nourishment for our souls. And so the table is set and the word of God is prepared to go forth. So let us pray together. Great light of the world. Great word of life. Speak to us now so that when we listen, we will hear. And when we look, we will see. But we don't want to be those who simply see and hear. Let our hearts be transformed by the power of your truth. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be found acceptable in your sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. And all God's people said, amen. And so here we are, beloved, at the end of our series on essentials. We've been on quite a journey here together, discovering the essential nature of the relationship in the Trinity as it relates to us and to the Godhead. We've talked about scripture and the essential nature of scripture for our life and our experience and our faith. We've talked about the essentials of gathered worship and the importance of us being together in this place in unity and in service. We've talked about covenant family and how we're more than just people who sit together, but we enter in something that is rich, something that is deep, and something that is way beyond ourselves. And last week, both Tim here and Ashley in Grand Rapids taught, helped us to understand something about pursuing transformation as essential for our journey of faith. And today, 
it will not surprise you that I'm going to be talking about mobilization as essential. Now, I just want to set, set the record straight to start with. I know people continue to be confused about this mobilization language versus outreach. So I just want to say this from my own perspective as one who's been in ministry for 20 years, who's a social worker for at least 10 years, mostly in Christian organizations. I think that outreach has done an incredible amount of work locally, nationally, and certainly around the world, but it has allowed Jesus' people to do that at arm's length, which is exactly what outreach, the posture of outreach is. It's arm's length without the transformation we've talked about, without entering into the covenant with those whom we serve. And so a lot of people have been served. A lot of people have been fed. A lot of people have been clothed and yet still at arm's length. But here when we're talking about mobilization, mobilization is something that is active, something that is engaging, something that is involving, and something that invites us to participate after the benediction. So after we've worshiped and after we've sang and our children have gone forth and all of those things and we get ready to walk out of these doors, what now? What now after we re receive the news that we just received, what now? What now as we come with all of more questions than answers? What now when we know we want to serve but we don't know how to serve because we're nervous or we're apprehensive? What now? Thank God that is not a question that we have as Jesus people for the sake of the world here at Mars Hill because what happens now is we actually get to be Jesus people after the benediction. And what does that mean? Well, you know, we, 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 we encapsulate this in sort of a bit of a, a vision statement that kind of, it kind of goes like this. It says that we, we as Jesus people for the sake of the world, there you go, Number one, do so, A, by doing what? Living out the way of Jesus. Announcing the arrival of his kingdom and working for measurable change amongst oppressed people. So let's, let's just go for it. First of all, as Jesus people for the sake of the world, we first of all do this by living out the way of Jesus. Now, I don't know if you have this question at all in your mind, but I always have this question when somebody says Jesus. I want to know which Jesus you're talking about. You know, which Jesus are we referencing here and now? You know, is it, is it the, 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 the great impersonator of all times, this guy? You know, whenever I see him, I'm like, that's the impersonator. There he is again, the guy who's been hanging out on the backs of playing cards and, you know, a little, the little felt. You know what I'm talking about, the little felt pictures? There'll be some of y'all know. Don't, don't act like you don't know. You know, this, this guy. Who is, or is it this guy? Jesus is my homeboy. Back, back, back. Jesus is my homeboy, right? This is the guy, who, this is the Jesus who lets us do whatever we want to do. This is Jesus never gets mad at us. This is Jesus down for whatever, not going to tell us, you know, we need to, we got something in our nose or in our eye or, you know what I mean? We, you, they, like, this, this is just our homeboy looking like Marvin Gaye, evoking all the feelings that Marvin Gaye tends to evoke in us. Am I right? Or is it this guy? Jesus Christ superstar. That's the guy on the stage and the drama in the musical. That's the controversial Jesus. If you know anything about Jesus Christ superstar, which Jesus are we actually talking about? That we want to live in, walk in his way, we sure ought to know who we're talking about. And it's not essential for us to be theologians or Christological geniuses. 
But it is essential that we know that the Jesus that we're following is the Jesus of the Bible. So as we follow in the way of Jesus, let's be clear that we are following in the way of the the Jesus who proclaims that I did not come to be served, but to serve. That's the Jesus who we are walking behind. Make sure that it is the Jesus of the Bible who after the benediction in the wilderness, after being Satan um, um, tempted by Satan and then being led out by the Spirit by way of benediction, showed up at the scroll, opened up the text, and told us exactly what his purpose and his journey and his intent was. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to recover sight to the blind. There it is. And so this is the Jesus whose way we get to follow in. And so in our text today, our dear brother Philip A couple of verses earlier, we find him in Samaria doing good work. Now, if you know anything about Samaria, you would know that Philip is actually tilling the soil that was already planted in John 4 when Jesus connected with this woman in Samaria at a certain well. And she became moved from being a water bearer to a public theologian as she returned to her home to say, Let me tell you about someone who told me everything there is to know about me. Could he be the Messiah? And there, the seeds of of who Christ is and the seeds of how Christ works was planted in the soil of Samaria. And then we have Philip. He's there and he's he's doing the ministry. He's doing all the things, reminding of who Christ is, all of the essentials, who God is, what scripture is, what the gathered worship is. And we're seeing signs and wonders happening in Samaria. And then the Lord taps him on the shoulder and says, go. Nobody ever wants to hear the word go when ministry is vital and it's thriving and it's feeling good and everybody is, you know, on board or most people are and you're seeing the dynamic hand of God at work. Nobody wants to just be like, oh, I got to go now. This is the time when we want to stay. This is the time when we want to celebrate. But God says it's time to go. There has been a benediction, a blessing, right, that has been said over Samaria and I need you to go. Now, the hard thing about going, especially in Philip's case, is you're going, but you don't know where you're going. All you know is you're going down south. Am I going to North Carolina? Am I going to Florida? Am I going to South America? Where am I going? I'm just going down south. Just go. But there's an obedience for Jesus' people, for the sake of the world, to hear the word of the Spirit and to begin to walk in the direction of faithfulness. That's what we're doing with mobilization. We don't always know where we're going or what our particular relationship with a certain group, certain person, certain organization might be, but we're content to go with our ears open and our eyes open to see how God might be inviting us in. Now, if I had more time, I have a story I was going to tell you about that, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to move on. So, moving right along. So, Philip, walking down the road, hears the word of the Spirit speak to him and says, Follow that chariot. Now, I'm not a runner. I know you're surprised. But I know people who are, like our brother Kyle Lake. And what I know about runners, I'm talking about real runners, not just people who run sometimes, but real, they're always ready to run. After the soccer ball, you know, after the dog, their child who's about to run in the street, they're just always ready to run. They're always in shape. 
and prepared to be able to run. Now, me on the other hand, I'm not running anywhere. I don't know what to tell you about the ball. I'm hoping I'm with somebody who's going to go chase the child and the dog because I'm not in shape and ready to be running any particular distance. But Philip, Philip helped us understand something about what it means to be mobilized. And in fact, that you, that the difference between mobilization sometimes and outreach is well, outreach, you're not, sometimes you have tired, worn people who just happen to be available, but they're not in shape. They're not properly trained to know how to talk to people on the other side of the margin. They're not trained to know how to, how to speak to people, how to engage with people, how not to condescend, how not to talk down, how to hear more than you speak. This is why mobilization requires training like a runner. And, and Philip apparently was in good shape because he began, he began to run. And I always wonder, like, how long did he run? Because I just get tired reading the text thinking, whew. Is he still running? So he's running, and he's running, and then he sees the chariot, and he runs up to the chariot. And this is the point at which Jesus, people who are following in the way of Christ, move to that very next step of announcing the reign of God. How can you announce what you have not seen? So when we go on our pilgrimages, we go to certain places and sites in order that we might be able to see how God is at work in those places. Because if we don't see God at work, then we just are saying the kingdom of God is here, and we don't know where it is, but... Philip goes and he runs alongside the chariot and he finds out that the kingdom of God is here and he is able to announce that reign simply by bearing witness to it. The word of the prophet is being spoken already in the chariot of this prestigious Ethiopian, dark-skinned foreigner. God is already at work and Philip is not a colonizer who goes in to say, you don't have God and you don't know the word and I'm going to have to tell you everything you need to know for he gets to bear witness to the fact that God is already speaking before he arrived. This Ethiopian official, I know your text on the top says Ethiopian eunuch and I know that that was his disposition in many ways but one of the challenges of mobilization is we have to learn how to talk about people. Because when we talk about us, we're the children of God, we're the people of God, we're the covenant people. When we talk about other people, they're the poor. They're the lost. They're the homeless. No agency. No personhood. This man, yes, he happens to be a eunuch for particular reasons, but even more than that, he is an official right-hand man to the queen. And Philip could have been intimidated by being in this royal man's presence. I'm sure he was well-dressed and sharp, put together and all of that. But yet Philip continued to listen as the word was being spoken in his presence. The reign of God. He's announcing that the kingdom of God has come. And that's what we get to do when we go and we listen and we hear in our mobilization work. Okay, now what happens next? Let's see. Then, then. As he hears the word being spoken, the Ethiopian official says to him, um, who are they talking about in this text? Who, are they to, who is the suffering servant? Who is the one that Isaiah is talking about? And then he invites, he invites Philip into the chariot. This is the moment of truth. This is the moment of relationship. This is the moment where outreach moves to something that's more intimate and looks more like Jesus. This is the opportunity to actually enter into bodily, into the experience of another. Now, tomorrow morning, pray for me. Tomorrow afternoon, I'm heading to South Africa. 
um, to engage with my family and my people over there and do the great work that we get to do together as ministry partners with that organization. Um, and one thing that I realized is when I first started going to South Africa and I engaging with Sechabello Family and Child Services and what they're doing with orphaned and vulnerable children, placing them in loving families instead of institutions and strengthening the whole community so these kids can live in loving, Christ-centered communities, doing great work. But what I realized the first time I went, I realized that I did not know what was going on. This was literally foreign to me, the model, the posture, the way they were going about doing this. And so I realized that it was my responsibility to run alongside, to listen, to hear, to learn, to ask questions. And now they invite me into their chariot. So now their children are my children. So now their concerns are my concern. Their work is my work, and I got a whole suitcase full of stuff that I got to take there to them in order to continue to engage them as not just partners, but as family. They've invited me into the chariot, and it has happened so many times with the ministries that we have sown into. We get to be called. We earn the right to be invited into the chariot in order that we might be asked that one most important question, who, who is he? Who is this person in the text? Who is Jesus? Beloved, I wonder, when we take our meals to AYA, I wonder, when we walk for water with 20 liters, I wonder, when we sit with our mentees with affinity mentoring, I wonder, are we ready to answer the question, who is this Jesus? Or do we have to say, well, you should come to church on Sunday and you should go to this Bible study, you, you should read this book, you should, or are we ready to give a reason for the hope that is within us? Because if we are following in the way of Jesus, we need to be clear about who this Jesus is and how that matters after the benediction. Amen? Amen? And so, so Philip gets an opportunity to open up the scripture and to be able to share the joy of his salvation and the affection of his faith. Do we have that to share after we've given out an abundance of coats? By the way, great job on the coats. We still need some more, so keep it coming. But thank you, thank you, thank you for what you've already done to contribute. But what about after that? After the, the, the drive after the event, are we ready to share the gospel? Mobilization is, it's, 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 it's an essential aspect of our life because it allows us to participate in the invitation of Jesus to go. Go ye therefore, go, go, go see, go come, go talk, go share, go love. And this is the challenge and this is the gift that we get to give as Mars Hill Bible Church, mobilizing those three simple words again, living out the way of Jesus, announcing his reign, announcing the coming kingdom, and then finally, um, measurable change amongst oppressed people. If you go out in the gathering area, there's a mural out there, and on the end there's a house, and it has roots underneath the house. This is the work that we're doing to not just put on band-aids, but to actually work for measurable change. And I learned one of my greatest lessons from my friend KB um, Sekiboto, executive director of um, Sechabello Family Child Services in South Africa, and this is what she says. 
about measurable change. When communities are changed, then families are changed. And when families are changed, our children are changed. And our children are changed because a transformed community will not allow orphan or vulnerable children to live without a loving family. So we work for the Band-Aid, we work to care, we choose to love after the benediction, but our greatest desire should be to be able to share the gospel, to earn the right to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who are longing and looking to the end that by the power of the Spirit and by the work that we get to do, measurable change, change that can be seen, can be heard, can be felt, will be reverberated out of the the walls of this place, out into the community, out into the world, in order that God might be glorified in our being mobilized. Amen? Whoo, that's a lot of work to do, I know, and I thank God that, you know, there is food for the journey. We're not left to our own devices. We don't have to simply operate out of our own strength. But the body of Christ is sufficient for our mobilizing souls. Amen. And so the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give our thanks and praise. Let us pray. Oh, how right and joyful it is at all times and in all places to give thanks to you, God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, 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 God of power and might, heaven and earth are filled with your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And so send your spirit upon us now, we do pray, that the bread which we break and the cup which we bless would be to us the communion of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And as these grains have been gathered from many loaves, from many fields, and as these grapes have been gathered from many vines, so let your whole church on earth soon be gathered together in you, even to the end of the earth. Come, Lord Jesus. And so, beloved, I give to you that which I also receive, how the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body broken for you. And in the same manner, after they had supped, he took the cup and he lifted it up and gave thanks. And he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you partake of this, you do announce my reign. My kingdom has come until it fully comes. And so as we prepare our hearts to partake of this meal, I want to remind you that we do have people who are prepared to pray for you. I'm here in the back, so if you're, if you're interested or longing to be prayed for, there are people who would be happy to pray for you back here. We also have our prayer walls, so you can certainly write out a prayer and put it there in the wall in our staff. We collect those prayers and we pray over those prayers throughout the week and are creating ways in which we can continue to pray on and on and on throughout the year for those prayers and to thank God for those praises. 
as we prepare to come to the table. We do so in a way that acknowledges three simple statements that have lived long before us and will live a long time after us, but proclaims the mystery of our faith. Say it with me. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Amen. And so, Mars Hill Bible Church, come and receive who you are, the gluten-free and everything-free body of Christ. All things are now ready.